0: Happened in the 90s. Matt was the fat kid. He was the flat kid. Life wasn't always great. But you know what was? The 90s. Happened in the 90s. Yeah!
1: My voice is my life because I do talk radio. So when I face an occupational hazard like a sore throat, I count The pain relief is instant. It's penetrating. It's long-lasting. Wow. Chloroseptic. Sure, five sprays for instant relief that stays.
0: Uh, what's up, everybody? Matt G here with Steve G, the one, the only. Episode, we're so close, Steve. We're almost at 150. This is 149. We're right there are going to be our christmas gift episode 150 that seems like a big number i like that this is 150 that we're on this is 149 so one more the next one 150 before that before the end of the year appropriately too i love that But uh, for the people. Yeah, dude. so congratulations to us cheers to us um but my topic of discussion today steve start us off is i don't know if you saw it i hope you saw it because otherwise it's gonna be a fucking boring ass bit but uh did you see the beverly hills cop sequel preview yet that their netflix is releasing
1: Fuck no i didn't what are they doing with it
0: i mean it is it's axel foley dude even judge reinholds in this bitch they're making a straight up sequel uh I think it's netflix if i'm not mistaken and uh yeah they're just making a straight sequel with eddie it didn't even seem it's like Taggart. there was any bullshit where he's like handing it off or like you know passing the torch to a young up-and-coming cop it just seemed like a straight-up sequel so
1: i don't know staggered in it which one's tagger that's the other one that's not judge rhino
0: oh like the bald dude
1: yeah. The, he kind of looked
0: yeah. like the commish. Or it, no, Jake yeah. and the fat man. The Fat man.
1: Yeah, the, the, the Eagles, that guy.
0: I'm pretty sure that there is a shot in the preview of Judge Reinhold and that guy in, like, a stakeout car talking to Axel Foley. So I think he is in it, Steve.
1: John Ashton. Uh, he's still with us. 75. Yeah. Good, I think good he him. is.
0: I think, you know, and I've been hesitant for some of my heroes like the netflix properties but i don't know steve axel foley back in 2020 i guess four i'm kind of looking forward
1: to that yeah i'm, I'm gonna watch it because eddie like apparently that candy cane lane is, is fucking up the game right now everybody is hitting it yeah every like it's uh, top of the charts type deal
0: is he making a comeback because i said he's time to bring it back
1: Eddie's been here. Like, he, I, I don't believe in that. But like, ideology. but like that Nutty Eddie.
0: Professor hype, that back in the day, like, where you know, where he was Eddie. really hitting. Like, it wasn't even like adults In adult movies. The Nutty Professor, and even uh, got the first Doctor Doolittle Like, he was killing it. Then. I mean, he's been killing it for a while. You're right. Eddie is talking. here. But it seems like he's starting to hit, a, like a, to the point where they're bringing back some of these old properties and leaning on him again. So I do like to see that. Murphy, Judge Reinhold, who looks a little, you know, waxing. Just let's get age, man. We've all, we're, we're this, we, There's evidence of that on us too. But I was shocked. It just popped up out of nowhere. I haven't even heard anything of it, and then there it is, coming soon.
1: It's always good to see Judge and John Ashton. Apparently, <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: you're celebrating the man, John Ashton. I, I love, I love it, dude.
1: I, I love it. I'm, I'm here for it.
0: Looking like it's a principal John of the Ashton, high
1: school, boy. dude. Yeah, he does. I mean, maybe
0: we have just a whole episode just giving props to John Ashton in the future. That can be one of the Patreons. John Ashton. Mm-hmm. They
1: even
0: got oh. that. They even got the songs, dude. They even got the synth.
1: I mean, how can you not? Don't don't bullshit the people, man. Don't <laughs> don't say it's this and you don't do that. Like it's not this. Man. Don't like, blue bone. Not going like to do like that. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't not pull out like, the full titty like this. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Even, yep. You just stop at the areola. You like that? Ah, <laughs> how dare you? Yeah, of course it's, th- the song is in the movie.
0: I mean, I would love to hear it, Steve. So that that's cool. something for all you 90s love. I mean, even 80s, I guess. Maybe the first one came out in the 80s? I'm not First old. one
1: first two came out in the 80s okay, it was sure. it was the bad one that came out in 93 oh, i believe well, I'm, I'm still talking huh? about it well, that happened in the 90s oh, what an idiot <laughs> well if i had money I'll tell you what to do I'd go downtown buy a ford truck or two I'm crazy about a ford truck during ford truck month we've got all kinds of trucks and all kinds of deals here's one of the best ford ranger now with a special truck month lease rate only $199 a month for 24 months all that just $199 a month during ford truck month i'm gonna buy me a ford truck and cruise it up and down the road see your california ford dealer now during truck month Woo! Hey, boys and girls, this is Steve G and Mad G with Happened in the 90s, the show where we talking about what happened in the 90s. So get out your Jon Stewart show tapes and your Stewart little posters. Because I shed blood for my people that will keep you looking see-through forever trying to creep through DMX, because if you born it, we got to come and get it. All <laughs> uh-uh, uh-uh. oh, you got to do is set it, baby, ride or die, what y'all really want. uh uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs>
0: what? I don't give a damn. I love that, Steve. That, you just weirdo Yankoviched it live. I love that.
1: Yeah. I, I tried to cross-breed Stone Cold with DMX, yeah. and I should have practiced that more. it's uh, yeah. close. It's almost, almost right. <laughs>
0: it's almost what? It's very close. Like, it's very, like, if it's a Venn diagram, they have, like, concentric circles. Their voices, if, if Stone Cold could rap, he would sound like DMX.
1: If he was a black man born in Yonkers, New York, instead of being a white man born in Victoria, Texas, in, in around the, the country atmosphere, whereas DMX, New York, he was, yeah, where, how did we get here? Shit is but crazy. Uh, yeah, trying to be Neil deGrasse Tyson and shit, but uh, today, my friend, we're talking about all things December 21st. In the 90s, God damn it. Starting off in 1990, The Bonfire of the Vanities premieres (laughs) after his mistress runs over a young teen, a Wall Street hotshot sees his life unravel in the spotlight and attract the interest of a down-and-out reporter directed by Brian De Palma starring Tom Hanks, Bruce Willis, Madeline Griffith, and Morgan Freeman.
0: And it's crazy, Steve, that this is not a good movie. Everyone out there, you think Tom Hanks, Bruce Willis, Brian De Palma, and, uh, You know, even a Melanie Griffith We even get Kim Cattrall in this With her fine ass She's in it, but it's not good I don't get it I don't, what happened, Steve?
1: Not even the cheese of my balls From under Man, this is a heap of shit And I think it's just It was misguided It didn't have direction Didn't have any focus That's it That's it
0: I mean, there's a lot of legendary people in it, and the director's great. I even see a couple of highlights about like the cinematography being great in this movie, but it looks like a big heap of shit when I see the preview playing, and I'm just shocked. But you know, these people, every once in a while, you just gotta phone it in, and maybe that's what happened. The, everybody's at the height of their power right now. It's the early 90s. Maybe they just wanted a free vacation and just, you know, get paid. You
1: know what I'm saying? What I am interested in, though, is uh, the book that chronicled the production of this movie. It's called The Devil's Candy. uh, And the author's last name's Solomon. And, like, I guess when it was released, it was a big deal, man, uh, to the point where Bruce Willis, he had, like, a negative reaction. He went public and, like, spoke out on the book. um, Because it just, it doesn't paint the contributors, uh, the various contributors of this movie in a good light.
0: And apparently, you know, you brought up the fact that Bruce Willis was kind of a problem, apparently, allegedly behind the scenes. We don't know that. We didn't work on Bonfire the Vanities, but that's what we've heard. And what I'm seeing also is that he was actually added on late into the production. Uh, probably right before they started filming because he was considered a box office success and they needed that. Um, And maybe that's why, Steve. They brought in the big dick to fucking get the views and everybody's like, who's this guy? Die Hard didn't even make that much money, but okay. So maybe that's what caused all that friction.
1: Yeah, McClane, man. But, you know, also Tom Hanks, he wasn't Forrest Gump yet. He wasn't winning his Academy Awards. Uh, Morgan Freeman, he didn't get the uh, well-renowned prestige that he has now, man. So th- there's also that.
0: Even more, yeah, I mean, to have this many stars and for it to, like, not be watchable or good. Even Morgan Freeman thought it was a piece of shit, like, before it came out. Just judging from how it got made. So, man, lost lost the opportunity here but i love everybody involved brian de palma made one of my favorite movies the untouchables um and he's made many he made a movie called blowout i think or something with john travolta that i found out because quentin tarantino mentioned it it's a very good movie um and everybody involved is a killer but you know
1: what steve they can't all be winners some was not greater than its parts. But uh, also in 1990, kindergarten cop premieres. A tough cop must pose as a kindergarten teacher in order to locate a dangerous criminal's ex-wife who may hold the key to putting him behind bars. Directed by Ivan Reitman, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Penelope Ann Miller, Pamela Reed, Linda Hunt, Richard Tyson, and Carol Baker.
0: I mean, one of my favorite childhood movies. This was one for the ages. Even Boys
1: have a penis. Girls have a
0: vagina. Fun fact about that scene, Steve, where he asked, who is your daddy and what does he do? Um, those answers, non-scripted. They just asked the kids to say something. So, hilarious. But the, the one I was questioning was like, one of the chicks says their dad's a sex machine. And that's crazy if she just put that off the hip.
1: You know. Well, that's that's what their mom would always say.
0: But that's what I'm saying. Those, those, that was not a scripted answer. So they were they said just say what your mom would say, and that kid came up with that golden line. So I love that.
1: Um, and, and his dad was a gynecologist, I'm assuming. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: And they said that. And I, I knew what a gynecologist was because of this movie. And I at way too young of an age, uh, inappropriately. But this movie's hilarious. It's strangely, like, has some crazy action in the beginning where we see uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as, like, the cop he really is, and he's, like, blowing away dudes in a fucking crazy back alley. He's chasing some hooker down. uh, And then he becomes a substitute teacher. (laughs) And that's basically it.
1: (laughs) A substitute teacher with tenure. Yeah.
0: But this... I mean you it was just a fun movie everybody the parents that took you to see this loved it everybody loved it it was like arnold schwarzenegger getting out of this action hero movie trope that he was that's why he took this movie um and also from the man himself the legend arnold schwarzenegger if you ask him this is his favorite movie of his because it's so out of left field especially at the time that It just kind of, I think it even, like, kind of changed the course of his career a little bit. Like, got him a little bit of extra
1: sauce. Yeah. Would you say this was his first foray? No, I guess Twins came out in the the 80s. Um, I'd say
0: Twins. And that's a a fantastic movie, too. Weird movie, too. But you kind of had to do something weird with the guy because he was just a brick. There was nobody that looked like this. I saw a fucking, like, this crazy thing that they had online about just, like, movies in the 80s, like, you know, the, the the studs, the movie star guys back in the day, and even, like, a guy, like, you think, like, Christopher Reeves in the 80s when he was playing Superman, they showed him and, like, what he had to do to gain muscle, and he looks like fucking me. It's just not like, a, he looks like a, norm, like a normal guy. He looks great, but Arnold Schwarzenegger's just like a tank, and it's like, what do we, okay, uh you're conan uh you're a cop i don't know you're you're a weightlifter i don't know what to do here so this was fucking fantastic and they made it fun They're, the kids were all like charming and f- a lot of them went on to do stuff except for the main kid he was a dud
1: yeah he looked like uh brian bosworth jr i don't know it's a great i uh, that,
0: that would have been great if bos was in this
1: movie too i would have loved that. he was one of the the bad guy
0: but they had all they had a lot of like heavy shit too like there's a point in this movie where Arnold's a teacher he sees one of the kids is getting he's like coming home with bruises and shit and he confronts the mom and then beats the shit out of the dad like on school property to teach him a lesson and you know all that being said this is a comedy movie everyone (laughs) you know and uh, even the villains, funny, he's hilarious, crisp, him and his mom. I love this guy's a criminal mastermind, but he gets bossed around by his mommy all the time.
1: The kid that was getting abused, like even the kids were picking on him. And the little Asian kid, he's like, he's a poo-poo head. <laughs> he's a cock poo poo I started using that around like, it's a cock poo poo <laughs> That do you probably, that back.
0: you got, I like that. But we all loved it, I don't think any, like this is universally loved, you know? And if you don't laugh if you don't cry, I mean, there's moments in this where, you know, Arnold's in love, there's a weird like partner he has, she's getting stooped by some chef guy, and there's love in the air, he's romancing a lady, it's very bizarre.
1: To some butt naked fucking and then he goes in and puts on her robe and yeah that same lady she was in junior with uh, arnold she
0: was in a lot of shit she was like that she was played that role a lot i forget what else she was in but i think she was in a tv show that i'm fogging on but all this to say this movie makes absolutely no sense and it shouldn't it's a 90s action comedy kids movie but it's fun and it's great
1: it's got the on all. You don't need to make sense. But uh, in 1993, December 21st, Jodeci released his Diary of a Mad Band. And damn it, I'm fiending. Girl, I'm fiending. <laughs> Take my money, my house and my crown. For one you, you can have it all, baby let make it love, love,
0: love, love. Damn, Steve. Dude, I know, they fucking no, did that. Jodeci could drop all
1: the panties. Yeah. They did.
0: <laughs> they the they did. It's scientifically proven. They did.
1: Yeah. All wet.
0: I feel like they were part of a festival that me and kendra went to out in la that was like old like panty dropping like like Ken, or key sweat was there um genuine was there i think these guys were there somebody was there but here's my thing i came onto this kind of music late in my life but to be back then and just to go to one of these concerts that's filled with just ladies gushing over this this was like you you had to score at this
1: right It's all about it's this Jodeci and R. Kelly like those were the two like fuck music artists of the 90s in my opinion like as far as like R&B
0: you don't throw a Keith Sweat into that
1: Keith Sweat was fucking music but not to on like like they were also like more hip hop Keith Sweat had some hip hop but like. The way they like their whole, their image, their persona, R. Kelly yeah. and Jodice, like they had that look, like they could do uh, videos with Tupac and like, and Snoop and shit, like on that kind of level with Jay Z.
0: You know, maybe put a shirt on every once in a while, guys, but you know, other than But that- it's
1: hip hop. <laughs> like they had the look that was the thing man like just like with mary j blige she did that with like ladies r&b like she was like the first that's why they call her the queen of like r&b hip-hop or hip-hop r&b well
0: you hip-hop can even solo. see behind you there's the sexy and the flexy look on that picture so you get both if you're feeling a little too sexy you look over to those guys looking hard you're like oh okay i gotta just chill out for a second some shit might pop off um But again, thank you so much for bringing this music into my life, because even if I don't use it to fuck to that much, I mean, Kendra and I don't necessarily fuck the music that much. It's just, just get down. (laughs) But if I had to, it would be this. And I do work out to this shit. It's weird. But you know, it's got a good beat.
1: So fuck it. Trying to get sexy. Listen to some sexy. In 1994, Mixed Nuts premiered. Uh, the events focused around a crisis hotline business on one crazy night during the Christmas holidays, directed by Nora Ephron, starring Steve Martin, Madeline Kahn, Robert Klein, Anthony LaPaglia, Holly Eyes, uh, Juliette Lewis, Rob Reiner, Adam Sandler, Rita Wilson, Gary Shamling, Parker Posey, Stephen Wright, Haley Jo Osmond, Christine Cavanaugh, Jolie Fisher, Lee Schreiber, and John Stewart. Jeez. And it sucks. Can you believe that? I mean
0: here's the fucked up thing I was pissed because I thought this movie. Remember the movie Soap Dish You probably never yeah. saw it But it had like the cover with a bunch of stars On it I thought, a bunch this, of stars. I thought this movie was that First off I've never seen this uh, But Man another movie where they had all the stars That you could possibly jam into a movie And it sucks The Sandman isn't even good In it
1: he's he's being sam I mean, his his role was very minimal but he's like the weird neighbor who plays the ukulele and like he ends up like striking up a conversation with leave shriver who i didn't know went back this far in the decade and that's him behind him you screen. right in that that photo. is him her behind me yes Lee and he, yeah and he's in drag and he's he basically calls the crisis hotline just so he can get their address. Um, and I don't know. I, I was phased in and phased out, man.
0: Well, you know, I'm going to have to watch this just because of the amount of stars in it. But, man, I'm seeing Steve Martin dance with Lee Schreiber in drag in the preview. Strange. Strange. Obviously, it can't be good because we never heard of it. And it has this many stars. But, damn, Lee Schreiber, I'm with you. I didn't think he went back this far. 1990? 90 this is 94 94 well damn i mean scream he was in a scream sequel so he, uh, that was probably in 2000 i don't know but whatever
1: no scream sequel the second one came out in the 90s did it yeah that's
0: close well leaf Schreiber killing it uh really acting his ass off because he's dressed in drag unrecognizable got a cindy crawford mole i love that and it's probably gonna get dicked down by sandler man, i love that Oh, the no. boobies!
1: That's, That's like, fantastic. And this—who oh, the Yad Wizards who came up with this one? But this was actually Lee Schreiber's first uh role. This his first role. Damn. The yeah. Talking about paying your dues, but also in '94, Richie Rich premieres. A rich young boy finds his family the target of an inside job and must use his cunning to save them. Directed by Donald Petrie, starring Macaulay Colkster, John Larroquette, Edward Herman, Jonathan Hyde, and Christine Ebersole. A game.
0: Macaulay! I mean, give this kid a fucking movie, it's gonna make millions of dollars. And this is, don't, don't hate on this movie. Do not, cause it's good.
1: Ironically, Matt, he was the richest kid in the world when he did Richie Rich. That's a flex of a flex of a flex.
0: This is basically a documentary. It ain't even really that much off. You know, he had people trying to take his money just like his dad did. I think maybe he wrote this and it was like a quiet flex on what was going on in his life. But, you know, as a little fat kid, Steve, seeing a guy so rich he has a McDonald's in his house, that's all I need to know. That's all I need to do. Hey, I want to hang out anyway, but you got a McDonald's in there with employees. I can just get to a fucking 20 piece McNug and for free. I love this.
1: And the guy who plays his dad looked like Steve Forbes. I, I, I've seen him in other shit. And that was the first thing that came to mind, man. But when Rich. Dan Felding's in your house, like you, you should know something is up. Like, no, keep this guy away from me. He, he looks devious.
0: And also it had a fat guy who was in a lot of shit. He was like one of the scientists, I believe. Um, Yeah. That guy, legendary. He was always funny in the movies that uh, he was in. But I mean, I don't know. This isn't like fucking Oscar level shit. But I mean, for a kid's movie, for a, a movie based off of a shitty cartoon from back in the day... I mean, what more could you want? You got Macaulay who looks like the character just naturally. So it almost seems like in some way this was just meant to be. Um, but even, you even get Lara Cat. I mean, you just can't fucking stop with this. You get a laser that fucking almost kills them on a Mount Rushmore style thing. That's the Richie Rich family. That's fucking rich. That's
1: crazy. This was actually the last movie he did before he took his hiatus, man. Believe it or not.
0: Remember when he's just like sick of being rich and he just wants to go hang out with a regular kid? I mean, I think that's how he meets his friends.
1: This, and he plays stickball. Yeah. This really is art imitating life, imitating art. But uh, in 1997, King of the Hill is airing season two, episode 11, The Unbearable Blindness of Lane. Hank is psychologically shocked into blindness after accidentally catching a glimpse of his mother and her new Jewish boyfriend making love on the kitchen table.
0: Oh, oh my god. I, if something's going to cause you to go blind, I get this totally. This, is, this might be. God bless Because I don't want ever, This would I would go blind
1: For sure And in therapy For the rest of my life Yeah
0: Well You know It's Christmas time In Ireland Steve Um Everybody's getting ready And You know Hank's just He's getting ready Not for anything more Than his mom showing up Because they haven't seen Each other for like Like I think they say Two years It's been a while A lot's happened. She's met a man, Steve.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he's excited to meet his mom. It's just the boyfriend that he's concerned about. And I believe he already knows that he's Jewish. Um, But, hey, it is what it is. Um, And eventually, Tilly, his mother Tilly Hill, she gets off the plane and she greets him. And, you know, Hank not being the the, the person to show his emotions, he's not trying to hug. He's like, oh, hey, just gives his mom a handshake. Nice hearty handshake. (laughs) She even holds on for that
0: too long. He's like, okay, mom, you don't want to cause a scene here. (laughs) It's very old school. And he's really uptight because, you know, his mom was married to his, his dad, Cotton, who's a complete jerk off. And he's like, oh, what, you know, where's Gary at? Gary's her new guy. And he's like, what, Gary doesn't want to carry your your bags because she's carrying like the luggage he's like oh what's he like dad he thinks you're the one that should carry luggage he's he's really on gary's ass and he hasn't even seen the guy yet
1: he's just gonna use her as a footstool like dad did and then they do a flashback to cotton hill with his feet propped up on tilly and saying "Scrub a dub dub i think i'm in love <laughs> i mean it was cotton hill a
0: pimp back in the i mean it's very pimp ass behaviors dude
1: he was a misogynist in the 1950s that's all it took. He had a job with benefits.
0: <clears throat> God damn it. Um, and then as they're waiting and, and Hank's, you know, talking to his mom, Gary shows up and he's schwitzing, Steve. He's using Jewish terminology. Uh, he just washed his hands. And he's he's like elated to meet Hank finally. He sees Peggy. He's, he's a great guy right away.
1: You know, All around, he, he's charming, man. And you could see that they have matching outfits even. And now we find out that Hank, he has to drive to Houston to have lunch with his dad and back to Ireland to have dinner with everybody else. And he's talking to the boys and he tells them that the, the new boyfriend's last name is Casner. And there's, they're speculating, is a is it German? It's Jewish. And then there's a long pause, of course. And then somebody said, uh, well, that Seinfeld's funny. I think it's the, the, the loser friend, though. Yeah, Dale. Dale, yeah. and oh, not, Was it Dale?
0: Is it No, they just say, us generally, they're like, so, is he funny? Because Jew, all Jewish people are hilarious, because Seinfeld's Jewish. And I think Hank's like, yeah, he's not as funny as Seinfeld, but he's all right. He's, yeah. he's not being shitty right away, but he is pissed off about it. And then, uh, I do like, also, they bring up, like, kind of, like, He's not as bad as my dad, or like says something about his dad. I bet
1: like, Kastner's funnier fucking, than Cotton.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, he fucking. Cotton's kind of scary as hell, man. Fucking God damn it. Fucking. What's the dude? What's the <laughs> God, other guy that you can't understand? My
1: power? Yeah. Cotton ain't no funny man. That damn old POW camp, man. That damn anything on bamboo shoots. <laughs> I that damn thing of was man. I, had me scared as hell.
0: Um, so we go back into the house. Gary and uh, Hank's mom are getting settled. But Hank's like, so, uh, mom, I got you set up over in this room. And, Gary, I got a cottage for you and, uh, in my boys' room. You guys are sleeping in separate bedrooms. And they're like, we can't sleep together? He's like, no. <laughs> Hank's not having it. He's like, We're, you're not doing that.
1: But we do see that Bobby takes a liking to Kastner. Uh, he likes the way he talks.
0: And he always he has put- questions. He's like, you say things in reverse like Yoda
1: very he's very inquisitive he, he's taken aback by this man but like hey he has a one-on-one with Kasner, and he turns on a televangelist program he lets Kasner know this is my favorite program and like he, he's also like up in arms about like you know trying to find a, a middle ground for this event because he is Jewish and Peggy wants him to like try to like accustom to his ways and Hank is like he's not trying to like accustom any of our shit why, why should we do that you know just him being the stubborn Texan that he is
0: he doesn't like you know he can't this is the stepdad mentality you don't want to like this guy you know like man fuck this guy trying to take my mom away from him so he does like gary comes out or like they meet late night and they're talking and stuff and he does say that he likes that televangelist show but he doesn't really like it he's just putting something on so gary will shut the fuck up and gary's like you believe in this shit and he's like oh yeah i love this shit (laughs) just lying to him so he doesn't have to talk because basically what gary's trying to do is be like look hank i love your mom your mom's so cool and he's like oh great hold on i gotta put some tv (laughs) like you know shut up
1: yeah, that's not his speed, man. He, like that, those kind of talks Hank doesn't do. And so the next day, uh, they're preparing to go to this high school high school football tournament or some semi game or some shit.
0: It's a basketball and, game for the high school because I guess they got like three people that are really—they're all staters—and this is the only time this has ever happened. So.
1: Oh, this is a basketball game. Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: Gary and Gar- uh, Hank's mom—they don't want to go. They're fucking tired, you know. So Hank leaves with everybody else, leaving Gary and his mom to have some breakfast in their robes. And um, they start talking and Gary's like, what's up? It's been a while. And they start touching and kissing Steve. And, you know, one thing leads to another. And those robes come off pretty quick. And they start defiling Hank's kitchen table. So that's happening. Um, But Hank realizes, I think, as they're driving away, that he left something at the house, comes back in. His phone finger. (laughs) And he comes back into the house. He's like, oh, that's weird. My mom's robe's on the ground. It's weird. Why is Gary's clothes on the ground? He can't even put it together. And he looks up and sees just some loose skin just out there, Steve, glistening.
1: He sees the ankle bracelet on Gary, uh, the chest tattoo, the back sweat, seeing his mama busting it open on the kitchen table where Peggy <laughs> prepares her produce.
0: Oh! <laughs> He's fucking goes blind. I love the way they show blindness in his eyes. His pupils become really small and he just gets googly eyed. But Hank goes blind, Steve. He's seen his mom taking back shots, getting dicked the fuck down by Gary. Uh, and it's just, you know, the lights go out, Steve. It's done. Yeah,
1: he gets a, like a mini stroke and he just loses his sight. Just, man, too sure I Wasn't lying. It was all good. Just a week ago. He doesn't now, even make a blind. noise
0: though. He just like leaves blind and tr- gets his way back to the car, gets in the car and Peggy's like, what's wrong. And he's just like, I'm blind. <laughs>
1: and she's asking questions as you would and he's just not saying what he just saw he's not trying to tell them he's not trying to have those kinds of conversations that's not hank Hill or the doctor because the doctor he's he said he diagnoses them and he says that like you know based on what you're telling me uh it sounds like you have a hysterical blindness where you see something that's so horrific like a murder uh, or been a part of a uh, crime scene and for a day or even for weeks you could lose your, your sight and, and so it, it's not until after that that Peggy asks him okay so I heard what the doctor said so sounds like you saw something what did you see and that's when he tells her like oh well, I saw them in the throes of activity <laughs> and, I, and then Peggy she's feeling a certain way I eat my breakfast on that table
0: yeah she quiets down so now the adults know that the their parents basically are fucking. There's some adults in the house. There's some pussy getting fucked that isn't Hank and Peggy. So they go back. Hank's blind. Um, everyone's trying to hear uh, cheer him up, uh, and I think his buddies actually come over, like Dale. Everybody comes over, but all they do is make fun of him for being blind, which is just kind of fucked.
1: <laughs> hey Hank, what am I thinking? <laughs> you can't see. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah um he tries you know and he's just going through this like suffering in silence because he, he can't confront his mom he's not that type of guy they don't talk about that um i do like at one point though i think uh bobby's trying to make a their like, bobby and their grandma are trying to make cookies and obviously peggy knows that there's pussy juice all over the table so she like pushes all the cookies off the table and like wipes it down they're like what the fuck she's like it's okay who wants to make cookies pussy free cookies it,
1: it, it, they have a christmas eve tradition of opening a present and basically bobby wrestles uh was it diane or luann yeah he wrestles her for her present ends up getting a nightgown <laughs>
0: well no it doesn't it be, is it because hank gives it to him because he's like this is. i'm always the one to give out gifts i'm and he's just right. blind giving out gifts um and again he he's like talking to people that are not facing them at one point gary's like giving him shit uh, he says like like some audacious gift and he's like isn't that right hank and then hank's like in the corner like yeah thanks a lot gary fucking piece of shit <laughs> <laughs>
1: It, like, the next day, uh, Hank, I think it's at this point where he's got his phone finger in his hand and his foot in a bucket, and he's about to get ready to drive to Houston.
0: Yeah. He's just ready to go, and he's like, Peggy, are you going to help me out with this? Or somebody, and she's like, yeah, I'll help you out. And then we, he gets in the car and starts going, come to find out Gary's driving. Peggy pulled a fast one, because, I mean, he's blind. He doesn't know what the fuck And, uh, now Gary's his chauffeur, and it's time for some Gary Hank quality times, dude.
1: But every time, Hank tries to switch the topic.
0: I mean, Gary's being a douchebag. He's like, yeah, Hank, look at that. There's a billboard over there. He's, like, narrating the drive, just, like, giving him a play-by-play, and Hank's like, okay, Gary, fuck. Um, I think
1: there's a hitchhiker with a gun and a dog.
0: (laughs) is that an axe let's pick him up um but he gets fucking hank all wound up they get to cotton's hank just goes in and kind like comes out or something uh you're late yeah and i love this part of it because Con's an asshole but gary comes out says his last he's like what's your last name and he gives him whatever his last name is he's like what you jewish And Cotton's very respectful of this old man, because he's like, I served with a guy who was a Jew. You know, and he gives him like that kind of weird weird racist respect. Um, And right now, this is his, Hank's just in time for his um, Christmas tradition of shooting down the Christmas tree. This is a very Texas-style thing, Steve. Let's get a tree, boy.
1: And the oh. tree's just sitting there, just slanted on the wall with like two lonely presents sitting in front of the TV. It's so sad. And Conn's
0: got his little fine tenderoni because Con likes the young puss, Steve. So he's got a like a young lady. He's in there. He's giving uh, Gary some shit because he finds out Gary's actually his ex wife's new dude. And he's like, That bitch, I thought she was old when I was with her. Is she still alive? My did it? <laughs> and Gary, like, gary to to be he's a stand-up guy he's like man shut up all you ever did was take her down and he like says some shit cotton right away he's like okay easy fella i respect you i'll stop like he's very you know gentleman about it i love that gary turns off very, the asshole switch
1: very uncharacteristic of cotton in this episode yeah um but yeah just just a, t- just a tad of cotton in any episode man it's going to be funny and Gary, he's like, you know, he confronted Cotton at his house, and he heads to the car. And it, it, the silence is just awkward at this point. So Hank, he follows him soon thereafter. And and Gary's telling him, man, you didn't have to do that for my sake. It's like, you know what? I, yeah, You haven't been around my dad that long. It, it was about that time.
0: Yeah. Five minutes, I'm good. And they start talking again. And uh, Gary's like, listen, man. I think he actually tells does he tell him in the car that he's pretty sure he knows what happened or does that actually happen when they get to where they're going
1: uh that's when they get to where they're going
0: yeah so gary's like you know what hank this is a weird trip you're going through this so i'm going to take you to a place i think can get your sight back so he takes them to the televangelist that they were watching on that tv late at night, that first night Gary got there, which, you know, Hank doesn't even believe in this shit. He just lied to Gary. So that's kind of weird. But Gary gets him married. He's like, look, dude, I think I know what happened. I think you saw me and your mom in the kitchen and not really flattered that that made you go blind. But maybe this guy can help you get your sight back. So he starts, you know, being real with Hank and Hank's like, oh, And i like his just in like doing this his sight comes back he sees the gross wrinkly skin he has the the flashback but then he's like oh there's gary and he did it steve the televangelist did it god damn it
1: or was it there's gary word, man got yeah, jonathan davis man he saw the light and then as they're driving back to the house the boys are like already roasting hank Hey Hank, how's the weather? You're blind. <laughs>
0: hey Hank, you're not wearing pants.
1: And so, like, he comes out of the car with a bat. Like, sting.
0: And they're like, oh shit, he he can see.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So the miracle of Christmas, Steve, is to get over the trauma of seeing your mom getting fucked on a table
1: and get your sight back. So.
0: La, 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 la,
1: la, 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 If Hank can do it, anyone can. But uh, also in 1997, The Simpsons, they're airing Season 9, Episode 10, Miracle on Evergreen Terrace. When Bart accidentally burns down the family's Christmas tree and gifts, he claims that a robber stole everything. As a result, the town gets them a new tree and pitches in to raise funds. This is a classic. This one
0: I remember so well. Instant yeah uh perfect christmas episode you know it's the same what are you gonna do but this is again a very memorable episode it starts off with homer uh going as always he's waited till the last minute steve he's not thinking but dude's got a plan i love this I love marge that. is like we plan. can't go fucking shopping at the christmas eve this is going to be a madhouse they're not going to have anything they go it is a madhouse there's nothing and homer's like wait a second i got an idea and this is genius he takes over a till starts scanning shit and when he gets shit he wants he's like oh that's a recall that's discontinued that's a floor model and he gets steals all this shit then takes some fucking money out of the till steve he even gets a little cashola on top of it and i love that
1: he basically stole toys for his kids
0: are you gonna nuclear power plant wage what are you gonna do man you gotta
1: times are tough he got away with a lot he even like parked across three handicap spots and got out of the car and walked with a a gimp leg but you know we're back at the simpson household and everything's going perfect for their christmas you know the kids got their gifts the tree is up it looks perfect according to Lisa's standards the sugar cookies steve the sugar sugar cookies
0: it's
1: it looked like the tree. Just like the tree. The Homer's fucking up the decorations. So everything's going on par per huge. I,
0: I do also like because everyone's like, like they acknowledge it's perfect. And um They're basically, I think Marge or somebody's like, you know, we're gonna celebrate as a family. That's what's important about Christmas. And then we see Abe, Homer's dad, like in the window outside, like, hello. And they just like close the blind, like, yeah, family. (laughs) Like just go (laughs) on about their business.
1: As you know, like this is the Simpsons. So something's gotta happen. This is going too well. Everything's just starting off at a 10. to be put in a situation in the situational comedy so marge directs everyone to go to bed you know and and no opening gifts before 7 a.m she said and you know bart he always has a plan just like his dad and he goes to sleep and just like fuller he just drinks a, a bunch to make sure he wakes up early go to the restroom because he's on a wooden plank going down a stream and there's this cheering team on the side just cheering him on to pee 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 what a weird dream i've never had
0: a pee dream like that steve i mean it's everything he's and he gets up 5 a.m it works perfectly this was the move to do when you were a little kid because i had to do this too gotta get up early start motivating people to get up so you can get these presents i remember one christmas i called my grandma proactively because we used to have to wait for her to come over called her at like 5 30 i'm like yeah we're ready to go wake my mom up my grandma comes and is like yeah he said you were ready i tricked her to get over there and like my we're opening presents at like 6 30. so i get this you want to get up early you just want to see what's up what what did santa bring me i gotta see the
1: sure. I'm picturing an 8-year-old Matt with like several telephones in his room. He's like he's like on a mission.
0: This was the this All was right. the dial, the circular dial with a cord. I'm on the the wall phone like, "All right, grandma, I know her number. Grandma, this is Matt. Mom said to, that I should call you. We're ready to go." And she's like, "Oh, I'll be right over cuz, you know, grandparents get up at like 4:30. They're ready to go." But
1: "Be you ice your car no later than 4:45."
0: he doesn't piss his pants he wakes up 5 a.m unloads then goes down and checks out the bounty like i said he sees it all and it's looking crisp because homer like you said he stole it all he, he cleaned out the toys r us or wherever they went
1: and he even gets an inverto buster 3000 it's a fire truck that has all the bells and whistles gets to test it out and it runs over the nativity scene. He thinks that's pretty cool. And he turns it, he runs it into an electrical socket setting off a fire and then runs the Inverto Buster 3000 into the tree setting everything ablaze presents underneath.
0: And because the tree was made of plastic, basically, it doesn't burn the house down. It just creates this gigantic plastic like hockey puck of muck with some presents stuck into it. But it's all gone, Steve. And now he's basically killed Christmas. He's got to hide the body. So he, jug- he however much that weighs, he takes it out back. He's in a panic. And I love this. He's like, oh, white snow hides everything. He's like burying a body, panicking. And uh, so he hides it. And he's still kind of, I think he has his boots on, comes back in. Everybody's like, what the, where, where? And even Lisa's like, why do you have your boots on? That's kind of suspect. He's like, what are you
1: I went outside.
0: And then he puts on the classic kid behavior, Steve. Puts on the waterworks. Get that going. Cry on command. And then he basically is like, I saw a burglar take our stuff. And the lie's going now, Steve. The snowball of a lie, it's growing second by
1: second he's got to roll with it man and like in the next scene the cops are there and he's just trying to like freestyle what he saw what he think the robber was and and, like his description and they're they're going with it because it's a little kid he could never lie about this something of this magnitude no and they end up faking the funk. They're just trying to like make do with what just happened. And it's like, you know what? The, the spirit of Christmas isn't just about giving gifts and all of that. It's about family, being around your, your loved ones. And so they go out for a walk and they walk past the Flanders house and they're enjoying their Christmas. It looks like everybody got what they wanted. And Homer's like, you know what? Let's like, pretend we're on jet skis that we all just got. And so they're gliding through past their house and as they do that, Dr. Hibbert and his family, they all drive by the Simpsons on their actual jet skis that they got stunned.
0: I like that Millhouse comes out and is like, I gotta tickle me crusty. And it just gets planted with a snowball, and you just hear Marge off camera like Homer. <laughs> Homer just yeah. fucking blasted her kid with a snowball. Um oh. <clears throat> And their idea was to walk over and see Abe at the old folks' home because you know who's more miserable than they are christmas old people who are alone at an old folks home so they go there but it's a fucking party because they've been given these people like double the pills that they usually take so they're fucking on cloud nine they can't yeah, even go to there and have a good time these old people are living it up there's probably some fucking smanging going on here just like we saw in king of
1: the hills Steve. i see them varicose veins in the air yeah man fucking...
0: <laughs> oh god um, so you can't have this. They leave. Um, even even old people are having fun. So we cut from that to Moe's, cause that's where you really want to be. Mo's, er, Homer's getting faced. Uh, Barney's there. Her huge. Moe's there, obviously. And <clears throat> as Homer's just blacked out, basically, the TV comes on. Ken Brockman comes in, and he's actually at Homer's place because they're covering this disaster for the news because we got a, this is a tragedy a christmas tragedy for the ages so Ken brockland's on
1: it Steve. like one of the worst things that could happen on christmas man and he sees this and he heads home and marge greets him at the door and says homer you won't believe what's going on right now homer gets into the house and it's all of springfield and they're all generous even the kids at the orphanage the, the dollar that they all had saved up mm-hmm. for months they give it to bart bart that guilty conscience is weighing in on him man he's yeah. just like oh my god this.
0: Uh, you know, flanders gives them the top half of his 30 foot christmas tree because he went all out he's like we only need that bottom that's fine so they got a christmas tree and they get fifteen thousand clams steven's cashola so in, uh, I mean that's that's fifteen thousand dollars of profit because Homer stole that shit, Steve. So you think about that.
1: Love that. Ninety seven? Yeah. So what does Homer do? He gets a car and Bart he suggests that they give it to charity. Homer wanted a car. They get the car, and he's just doing donuts and Yui's, tearing that motherfucker up to the point where he hydroplanes and he lands on some ice. And the family, they get out of the car, and the car just sinks and blows up.
0: <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> I also like at the car lot when Bart's like, maybe we should be giving this money to charity on his guilty conscience. The car salesman's like jabbing him with a pen in the back and he's like, ow. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I jabbed you with the pen and accidentally. Bam. He just keeps doing it. But the money's gone, Steve. Somehow they blew 15 G's in less than a day, a couple hours. And you know, shame on Homer, god damn, you get a car off the lot, you're fucking hydroplaning the bitch <laughs> immediately. That's fucked up. Um, so after this, they go to sleep. Christmas is a fucking bullshit holiday to these people now. They wake up and Bart basically is like, he can't, he's like, I-, I fucked up. I lied. This is what happened. And they find this out, and then ding dong. Like, what the fuck? Before they, well, as they're choking Bart, everyone in the family is literally Homer choking him. Ken Brockman shows up, Steve. He's got to do a follow-up at the worst possible time.
1: And at first, the parents tried to cover up for him, but then eventually Bart comes clean again with the public this time. And he tells them, like, hey, I accidentally burnt the tree and the gifts, and no one robbed us.
0: And this is after those parents lied, so everyone's like, yo, what the fuck? Because I think basically what happens is the snow melts that Bart buried the shit under, so they see this, like fucked up mess of a plastic thing and they realize what happened too. So now the Simpsons are all pariahs. Everyone's like, you fucking lied to take our money on Christmas. You people suck. So now they can't
1: everybody. The yeah, now the the teacher, they're they're back at school even after winter break and the teacher doesn't even want to teach Lisa. She she told her to turn around and, and face Wiggle. Hi, Gosh. liar.
0: I'm not gonna teach you till I get my money back. (laughs) That's fucking crazy. Uh, Marge is reading hate mail, um, and she's like, "We gotta figure out something. We gotta do something. We gotta get this money back to these people. This is crazy." So she pulls a white man can't jump, tries to Gloria her way on uh, Jeopardy, but Gloria, she is not Steve. She loses, and then at the end of the episode, like. The taping, Alex Trebek comes out, he's like, uh, Marge, you know the deal. You owe us 200 You were 250 at the end of that, so pay the fuck up. And they run away from the thug-ass Alex Trebek that exists in this Springfield uh, dimension, I guess.
1: Alex wanted his coins back. And so they, they make it back to the Simpson crib, and all of Springfield is at the house again. But this time, they're friendly. Why are they friendly? because they're staking the cake the place they're casing the joint <laughs>
0: hey is that my couch Springfield's getting everything Steve the f- everything. everything They don't, I think the only thing they leave is a maybe a washcloth um, uh,
1: a dirty washcloth yeah.
0: and that's enough Steve at the end of this episode everybody's like joking around trying to like take possession of the last thing the Simpsons own uh, which is a dirty washcloth um, but they're laughing, Steve. And that's really, like Marge says, family. It's really the meaning. It's the reason for the season, you know?
1: Killing each other as a family. But uh, also in 1997, the final episode of Wienerville airs on Nickelodeon. Wiener.
0: <laughs> that's all I remember from this show. I remember being weird as fuck, but...
1: Very. Yeah. <laughs>
0: wiener what happened to this guy what happened to doug wiener whatever his name was
1: and he was a stand-up comic initially you know and you know i think he was like a dave coulier kind of guy like more uh pg-13 i don't think he really like pushed the envelope as far as like doing blue humor if i'm not mistaken and um i i remember boney like he had all these little pan puppet characters, but Boney was the one that was like a skeleton and he had a theme song. I'm Bony, I'm Bony, Leave me alone. He was curmudgeon. <laughs> he didn't want, he was kind of like the Oscar of that community of the okay. of the Wienerville. Yeah, like don't fuck with me. I don't feel like being fucked with. Don't talk to me.
0: Boney in this bitch. I just remember the psychedelic weirdness of this. He, it was like very prop comedy. He would put his it's almost like, remember in, like, In Living Color where Damon Wayans played the baby or there like, was, like, that thing where it was just, like, a head head detective, like, that head kind of Head
1: yeah. detective, um,
0: yeah. But this was, like, par for the Nickelodeon would take some weird swings like this. They had another show that was kind of like this, too. That, and the Dave Coulier thing they showed, too.
1: It was kind of Cut similar. it out, yeah. Or not cut it out, but uh, we talked about it before. Out of Control, maybe?
0: I think that's what it was. But Doug Wiener, whatever this guy's name was. Mark made, Wiener. Mark. Mark Wiener. You made a weird fucking show. And it was called Wienerville. And for that, you are a legend.
1: I watched it. I uh, but somebody somebody who probably didn't watch the final episode of Wienerville in 1997 is probably hmm? Barry Sanders of the Detroit Lions. He is the third person to run for 2,000 yards in a season. Guess who the other two were. Walter Payton? Nope.
0: Thurman Thomas? Nope. Jim
1: Brown? Nope. Emmett Smith? Nope.
0: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) go for it. Barry Sanders
1: is the third running back after Eric Dickerson of the Los Angeles Rams and that will rental James Simpson of the Buffalo OJ. Bills I'm not black, I'm OJ he was the first no. Like, just like uh, <laughs> you know, Brandy's no. brother man he did it first man
0: oh hell yeah Um, but you and I watched that documentary while you were here about Barry Um, what are you going to say the guy was a straight legend he couldn't even stop this guy He quit before he 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 couldn't do it anymore he you couldn't stop him and if he didn't play on such an ass team you would think he had many super bowls unfortunately he didn't but the guy seems cool seems cool with his legacy and uh i still don't get everything or surrounding it even after watching that documentary it seemed like i don't know it just is strange but you know what you can't argue with the results dude barry sanders we got to see it in per basically in person we were right two hours south of the pontiac whatever silver Dome or whatever
1: what i got from that was he was just like done i think like mentally because it, it this happened before uh training was going to start for the following season for the 99 2000 season and Uh, That's when he made that announcement, like the day before, man. So like mentally, when you prepare yourself and you got to do all the conditioning, the two-a-days and all that extra stuff. And he was just like, man, do I feel like going through another one of these? And And I get
0: what he said about it being like, when you are on a team like that and you have success and you grow, you like, you have a bond with these guys and they started trading away those guys. But my thing was like, and like you said, it seemed like he was just done. But if you just think about like everything past this, he could have found a, another team if he didn't want to play for that team and like who knows? Cuz he had so much. You feel like he just had a bunch of gas left in the tank and that's I think what the overall confusion's about, but I like a guy who calls his own shots just as much as I you know would have liked to see him play. So you got to respect that. Where he's like, "You know what, fuck it. I just don't feel like doing this shit anymore." You know what? You're never going to do what I can do anyway, so.
1: Bye. Yeah, Gotta respect it, man. But that game apparently had its ups and downs because that same day in that game, linebacker Reggie Brown is knocked unconscious. And uh, I didn't know this was the same game. Like, I, I, hey, I'll be on record and saying I could be off, but I, I double-checked, and I think this was the last game of the 97 season for the Lions, man. And uh, I do remember when Reggie Brown when that happened because it was shared on Sports Center, It was all over the place because we lived in Toledo areas and yeah. we would get Detroit Lions coverage, man. So something like that of that magnitude, man, it was a big deal.
0: And it's kind of tame now when you see the shit going on like in football and like the injuries people get. It's wild that that's like was shocking. I think people get knocked out all the time in football, but this was obviously crazy. Um, yeah. But football has evolved so much like Using my team as an example, that Ryan Shazier guy—he tackled a guy, almost couldn't walk again for the rest of his life just because of how hard they play. So, sucks. But I hope Reggie Brown—he was okay. He he went on to like be fine. He just got knocked unconscious.
1: Yeah, I think he was in a wheelchair for a while. He's still with us. He's alive, man. Uh, but uh, Godspeed and all of that oh, good yeah. stuff. But 1999, Girl Interrupted premieres based on writer Susanna Kazen's account of her 18-month stay at a mental hospital in the late 1960s. Directed by James Mangold, starring Winona Ryder, Angelina Jolie, Clea Duvall. Brittany Murphy, Elizabeth Moss, Jared Leto, Jeffrey Tambor, Vanessa Redgrave, Whoopi Goldberg, Kurtwood Smith, and Joanna Kearns. Jeez.
0: I mean as a perverted kid, I remember this movie cause Angelina Jolie was kinda like heroin sexy in this. This is kinda like early on in her fame.
1: Um, even with the ashy lips.
0: Gross lips. I didn't like I remember that still from this movie, but I think she shows a little bit of T in this, a little T and A in some way, and uh, you know, I don't remember much other than that. But this is this is like a troubled lady uh, movie. It's almost like um, one flew over the cuckoo's nest
1: with ladies. With ladies, pretty much. That's exactly what it was, man. And and this was also where Angelina she won the supporting actress Oscar that year for this role, and she owned it. For what it's worth man RIP to Brittany Murphy who ironically all of these women have like personas and images of being like kind of crazy yes, though yeah
0: it is but look at Winona Ryder last week she was in two movies we talked about look at her just killing it in the 90s she I didn't really replace that. how much how prolific she was you know
1: yeah that's crazy like she she did it quietly I feel man. Like she had some bangers. She did Beetlejuice before the nineties started. Edward Scissorhands, Mermaid. Oh, and Heather's in the eighties. Yep. And then like later, she did Girl Interrupted, and you know now she's back with the the, the eerie shit on the Netflix. What's that shit everybody loves that I don't? Stranger hear? Things. Stranger Things.
0: Yeah, and she's still good, you know. Had a little issue, little some some some, but I don't know if she was a child star, but. You know, she was growing up in Hollywood. She got a little fucked up, and then she came back. She's a beast.
1: And uh, this was actually shot in your neck of the woods in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh Uh-oh. It's
0: not a great place, Steve. So some troubled women doesn't surprise me. There's probably a lot (laughs) those troubled Pennsylvania women.
1: Yeah, but if you go to the soda fountain where they went in in the movie at in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, they actually have a girl interrupted Sunday. So that that might be worth a visit.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: But also in 99 DMX released, and then there was X. We got to keep this show rolling.
0: Rock or die. Um, DMX, dude. what are you going to say? Rest in peace
1: to the doll this was his third album man and and this is kind of like you you know how when you and your select group of friends are really into a thing but it's still underground and then like when like all of you witness it become accepted by the masses i feel like this album was like that for me and dmx because i was already in the know like i anticipated his first album as did a lot of people like and then like okay the first album came out the second album came out so now you're mainstream at this point and now i think the world they had that same level of anticipation that i had uh for his first album man um and this was also an indication that he was like at the pinnacle with the uh y'all gonna make me lose my mind that was very pop very like hyundai commercial like you know okay because this is what that's like one of my least favorite dmx songs and i love dmx
0: the beat on that's still nasty as fuck it is you know it's not the best but this you said 99 right
1: 99 yeah
0: so this was right about at the same time as like Woodstock so like they're fucking you remember the footage from that and people were just going insane in the masses for you know I hadn't caught on to him that hard I wasn't like you I think I caught on to him more in college and shit but uh this was it. I mean, this was the height of it. You know, he'd go on. I remember just seeing crazy. He looked like he put on a great live show too, because he just get real intense. I think he would pray on stage and shit, and like just get real. Like I don't know. It just seemed like a
1: crazy, intense
0: fucking uh, rap
1: show. Very intense, but yet genuine, man. And one of the many things i loved about dmx man he didn't come to the mainstream like he was authentically who he was and like the world loved that um you know he he rose to fame after we lost tupac and like the thing that was the same thing about pot like this guy was one of one like he's authentic there's nobody like this guy and then when we lost him it's like who who was the next like messiah like guy in rap that can like help us get past tupac okay who, who is going to be that iconic you know person and i feel like dmx kind of filled that void in a way
0: they have a lot of parallels too i mean especially like if you look past rap like the acting part too he got into that yeah. didn't do the same kind of shit but they still you know they shared that as well so i do see that and that is pretty i mean that's really a great like thought. i never put that together like that but yeah, man, that's what happens when I'm child just put to it you're just putting fucking pins in, in a corkboard like dmx did this Pac yeah. did this connect the dots But you're reggie what? miller was
1: like the bret hart of the nba <laughs> they were-
0: but i mean dude and he went like after this he, he kept succeeding and he was authentic and i think maybe to a fault because dude liked to get into some substances like to get into trouble and stuff and had a wild personality but um i love dmx dude i'm not gonna say anything bad about the king of the rough riders
1: and long live dark man x man but any callbacks honorable mentions or takeaways
0: i just got to encourage people to go back and please i know maybe we didn't do it justice but watch kindergarten cop because i'm telling you right now you from the descriptions there's no way if you never watched it if you somebody said here's the plot and arnold schwarzenegger's the main guy you're probably thinking to yourself this is going to be i don't want to see this but i'm telling you you're gonna laugh your ass off (laughs) you're gonna laugh your ass off arnold it's uh, there's gonna be a woman that gets hit by a car near the end uh by the mother of the villain and i maybe inappropriately steve Laughed so hard when I saw that the other night uh that even that got me. So, watch it. I'm not even doing it justice now, but I'm telling you, I'll give you a dollar if you don't like it. To our fans, I'll pay you a dollar if you tell me, Matt, see, I don't like this. Fuck you. The boys just want you to watch Kick on Cop. <laughs> Will you watch it for God's sake? just want you to see him take down Crisp. That's it. Crisp. You got to put some lasers up, Steve. So as I'm shooting some lasers at the villains right now, the haters of Kindergarten Cop. Fuck you. And also, don't mistakenly watch the sequel to Kindergarten Cop that stars Dolph Lundgren instead of Arnold. It's not good. But the original, go ahead and treat yourself.
1: If you're an '80s baby, '90s kid, and you didn't already watch Kindergarten Cop already, like, you're a poopoo head.
0: You're a cockapoo poo. You're a cockapoo poo. You cockapoo poo. Also, there's a reaction from a little girl in the movie where she's like, Arnold's yelling at her, and she's like, I'm a princess. It's most hilarious. It's adorable. This movie's gold. It's solid gold, dude.
1: Boys have a penis have vagina and the only thing i have is in 1993 saved by the bell college years a question of ethics it's the two-parter and we basically like round this up into saying kelly you're a whore you're a whore
0: stop being a bitch i mean kelly my thing is, Zach is a, st- like as much as Zach Morris is trash, shout out to that page and all that, but the guy is a stand-up dude for Kelly. All this fucking shit she's putting him through, he's always coming back. And I saw the fucking shit, the news say by the bell a little bit enough to know that in the future, Kelly and Zach end up being married and have kids. So he sticks through all the bullshit, Steve.
1: But how dare it you? be ruined. Yeah, but I'm going to be real with you, man. Uh, Looking at how their attitude was towards marijuana, I don't think I'd like any of these kids from Bayside. I don't think we'd be friends.
0: I'd be hanging out with Johnny Dakota just fucking hitting bats, fucking smoking blunts at his cool-ass L.A. pads, dude.
1: Hey, Scud, you want to go to this all-nighter? Oh, yeah. You and your crazy
0: hooker girlfriend is apparently in high school, too. You guys are cool. Definitely are buying some beers, for sure, for sure. 27
1: but uh call please like share subscribe i was about to say call like we're <laughs> call, like, call
0: us please 1-800-HIT-90s
1: we're here we're waiting for your every call <laughs>
0: <laughs> we gotta make that <laughs> that's an ad steve we gotta make that the sexualized happened in the 90s hotline ad we gotta do that
1: creamy hooters and all creamy hooters are cool you <laughs> know Please like, share, subscribe, and comment. Please tell your sister what you really want from a ninja. Somebody let me know. Here we go. <laughs> what you really he can go it, bling, bling, and all of I never knew what he was saying. Hey, yo. What's in, what you want from me? Mm-hmm.
0: I was discussing this before we we sign off. Remember, everybody, when you would buy a CD, maybe you don't, and there would be an actual booklet that had the words to the songs. I miss that. I need that because I don't trust closed caption. It's always fucked up. And I want to know what they're saying, Steve, because what you just said, it's me for a basically every song. I'm saying shit that can't be right, but I'm saying it.
1: Bling blanket, might put some jalopies on it. Hey, yo. some jalopies yeah but uh yeah man and i gotta tell you again like share subscribe and comment because i know some of y'all watching y'all not subscribing or liking don't just come in here and mess up our sofa and, and and fart up the room and just leave with crumbs on the floor like yeah it would be nice to like something from time to time don't be a hater and it. also check out Food Show Fanatics with my buddy Matt G and his wife Kendra B, as well as Crushgasm every Wednesday with Kendra B. This is Steve G and Matt G with Happy Nineties. <laughs> yeah, he's a poo-poo face. He's a cock of poo poo